0: Welcome to series two of the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer podcast. I'm Leslie Goodburn, and I decided to develop the podcasts after the death of my husband, Seth, from pancreatic cancer. I wanted to help others understand the disease, its impact, the work that goes on every day to find treatments and hopefully one day a cure. Throughout the series, you'll be accompanied by me and my friend Charlotte Foster from Charlotte Foster Productions and we'll talk all about the aspects of the disease, from biology to emotional and physical impact. Along the way, we'll meet patients, families, doctors, nurses, oncologists, researchers, lots of different people with varied and different interesting experiences of the disease. The podcast will be frank about the reality of the disease. They will show the commitment and dedication of people working to support a breakthrough, In a cancer where survival rates have barely changed in the last 50 years, but they will also focus on the love, the community of support, and personal stories of those whose lives are affected. So join us on our second journey of discovery via the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer podcasts, made in memory of Seth Goodburn.
1: In this episode, we are talking about the different ways that you can help raise money to help fundraise and also raise awareness of pancreatic cancer. Now, the last couple of weeks, you may have noticed some of your friends, your family members, even your colleagues acting a little more strangely than they normally do. Let's be honest, they can all be a bit weird sometimes, can't they? But maybe over the last couple of weeks, because we're in the middle of October now, so since, I don't know, from the 7th of October 2019, They've been rushing to get home to check the mail. Or they've just not bothered coming into work because they want to wait for the postman to arrive. Or what have they all been waiting for? They've been waiting for a special letter that says, Congratulations, you are in. Yes, lots of people have been finding out over the last couple of weeks whether they have a ballot place in next year's, that's 2020, London Marathon. And the great thing about London Marathon is it's such a massive, massive event. It gets all the TV coverage. It gets people lining the route of the capital city and it gets people inspired. And one of the ways that people get inspired is they like to use it because it's such a landmark event as a way to raise money. Now, today we're hearing from Oliver Williams. He is a record-breaking London Marathon runner. He did it for Pancreatic Cancer UK after his auntie died from the disease in 2017. Ollie was absolutely brilliant to chat to. And we started with Ollie telling me all about his aunt Claire.
2: She was one of those kind of out there, slightly crazy, artistic, creative people that... um, yeah, you just know that, that type of person. I'm sure there's got to be a term that describes them in the dictionary somewhere, but I'm not sure what the exact word is. Uh we would usually use her name to describe other people like that. I like say, though, they're a bit clear. Um so you know, she was quite quite random and wacky, um, very creative. So every birthday, Christmas occasion, you know, the, the card we'd get would always have lots of drawings and doodles and poems and stuff all over it. And the most randomest presents you'd ever get in the world for anything. You're always worried what you are gonna get. Um, especially opening it in front of her in case it was particularly whacking. and you didn't want your face to <laughs> show what this. Um so that that was kind of known as the clear present um in our family that we always uh, used to mention. Um Yeah, she was very um, like I said, creative and artistic, um, loved kind of nature, um, wildlife, so her garden was a Big thing to her, kind of birds and creatures out there. Um, lots of random painted stones and pebbles, and creativeness with old teapots and um, bits and pieces in the garden. You know, very random. See lots of lots of drawings, very artistic. Um, show a lot of poems and poetry that were always way better than any of us could manage. Um, <laughs> were really good, um, and yeah, just very kind of positive kind caring person very glass half full um yeah you know, i was just flicking back through some old text messages that you forget are still on your phone from you know years ago um reading some of our old conversations this morning and yeah no matter what you go to her with something negative i think it was around the time our daughter was being born and saying how tired and we were and our hard work and the, the sleep and the birth and the labor and she'd always come back with something quite quite positive um, slant on it that, you know, quite a kind of bright light, I suppose, but um, that kind of stuff. But also very witty. Not that you don't miss anybody from your family, but she was one of those big people in the bigger family um, that, you know, is quite noticeable kind of hole and gap um, when they're not there suddenly at parties and weddings and occasions and that. Um, yeah, quite a kind of key kind of glue type person that brought people together and kind of made it a bit more lively and fun um yeah it, it all happened really quick really um we had a load of family over at our house for christmas just before christmas and looking back now i remember she didn't really want to eat any food and um you know which is very unusual clear liked food and drinking and partying but she was a bit quieter um but i didn't really pick up on anything noticed she lost a little bit of weight but didn't really notice much um, I think it was sometimes after that, uh, I think my mum probably mentioned, my mum's sister, she was, um, that she, you know, had a few symptoms and problems going on and was waiting on tests. And uh, I think she said then that she'd been referred um, to kind of, you know, pancreatic um, specialist team to look at it. And I think straight away I like, kind of flagged a little bit to us, like, Hmm. Okay. I hope it's not something like that. Um, cause we're me and my wife are both quite medical and, um, see a lot of people with those conditions in work and that. So, and then, yeah, I think it was probably yeah, about three, four weeks later then she had the diagnosis. Um, my mum phoned me and told me, um, I think we were kind of expecting it slightly. Me and my wife, um, from you know the description of the symptoms and the investigation she was having but then it was still obviously a massive kind of shock sledgehammer to actually hear the diagnosis so you know you have those different phases you go through you know like the denial and the, the shock and the and, you know I'm not sure if ever quite reached the acceptance but um, I think especially in the beginning when the symptoms aren't quite as obvious so especially to you externally um, you know if you're not seeing her all the time you don't kind of notice or turn a blind eye almost that something's going on is only when you know the weight loss start becoming more significant and you know energy levels getting affected and then not wanting to go out or um that's so much and getting iller and sicker that's when it kind of comes a bit more real after that really no kind of cancer diagnosis is is good news um but pancreatic is definitely one of the ones you really don't want because just that like I said it's always diagnosed late by the point time has gone past that point of being able to do much with it really because the symptoms appear so late on um, and it's quite such an aggressive cancer Um, yeah this this is not a not a good one we need some some kind of test or way of identifying it sooner but it's just how you know the symptoms initially are so nondescript that it could be Anything, you know, a slightly dodgy stomach or loss of appetite or a bit of stomach pain or something around those kind of things. You know, you describe that off as oh, something dodgy you ate or, you know, just being a bit under the weather. And yeah, by the time he gets found, then it's it's, it's a bit too late. Um, yeah, very quick, quick deterioration.
1: Well, despite the sadness, Ollie decided it was actually time to do something positive using one of his favourite hobbies.
2: I've always tried to do bits bit of different fundraising kind of each year or so um, through doing various events or challenges or you know, cake sales or whatever, all the usual type of stuff. Um, and usually do a different try to do a different charity or a charity linked to something going on at the time with somebody. So um, obviously after that with, with Claire I wanted to do something for the Pancreatic Cancer um, UK charity because um, it you know, unfortunately it's gets a lot less funding than certain other cancers do for various reasons so um you know they're so desperately trying to find that that kind of magical test to diagnose it earlier or better treatments for it so you know want to try and raise money towards that so um so yeah most of the fundraising more recently has been around doing different running events um I'm quite a keen runner and do a lot, which unfortunately means if I ask people to sponsor me just to run a half marathon or just to run a marathon. Not that there's any just in that nobody would sponsor me any money for it. Cause I do that anyway. So probably a couple of years back started doing stupid kind of fancy dress costumes or outfits and, and things to get a bit more money raised. And then caught on to the idea of going for kind of Guinness world records for these weird and wonderful <laughs> record definitions instead. Um, You know, started off with, like, superhero costumes or, you know, dress as an animal and this kind of stuff. But then, like with anything, you have to do the next one a bit bigger and better and harder. Um, So most of the ones I'd done before had been just for half marathons because that's kind of far enough. I don't really like marathons. They're horrible. Um, But I thought we had to step it up a little bit, so I went for the kind of marathon distance instead. And then just trying to find a costume or theme that was ideally linked to the charity in some way. Um, some charities lend themselves more to that than others. I, mean, I, I couldn't very well go dressed as a pancreas because that would probably I, look a little bit strange.
1: I was just imagining if you could to go <laughs> dressed as a pancreas.
2: <laughs> you probably could. I'm sure there's you know, a record dressed as a body organ or something, but I think people look at you and think, what the heck is that? You want something recognisable. So, um, But at the same time, I didn't want anything too heavy and crazy because it is a marathon today and sometimes it's quite hot at london in april so for my own kind of health and well-being i don't want to risk uh, you know collapsing or doing something crazy so um so yeah decided to go for the for the awareness ribbon um which is like the logo for the pancreatic cancer charity with the purple ribbon yeah, turns out you can't really find giant purple ribbons online very easily. Um you can get a pink one for breast cancer, which is I think where I first saw it and had the idea. Um so I bought that one and then bought some purple material and then was yeah, trying to cut it and iron it on, which was a bit of a mess until I got my sister to sew it on in the end, the sewing machine to try and cover all the pink up to make it the kind of deep purple colour. Um, and then had to be a certain length as well for the Guinness World Records. I had to come down over my knees and things like that, so I had to add a little bit on the bottom to make it long enough to fit. So, uh, yeah, probably takes longer to tick all those boxes than it does to run the actual marathon. The only perk with doing a record attempt at the London Marathon is that they're linked with the Guinness World Records, so they have judges and out there on the day, Um, so they'll actually sign you off on the day and do it. You haven't got to send in... Shed loads of evidence and videos and photos to prove that you did it and all this. So, um, yeah, that, that was why I went for London, just to make it a bit easier for myself to get it done there and then. So And the crowds and the atmosphere, obviously, are way better there. So
1: so what was it like then, running London Marathon, dressed as the Pancreatic Cancer UK Purple Ribbon?
2: You kind of hear people shouting out, um, like, suddenly spotting you as you go along. Um, the shout out various things. I mean, a good thing with with London and some of the bigger races on your number, you have your name printed on it as well. So, you've in the beginning, you're thinking, God, everybody knows me. I don't know who that person is. And I suddenly remember oh, it was written on my uh, on my top. That's yeah, that's why. Um, you know, and they just yell out like, "Go on ribbon" or "Go on purple, man." I had a few times. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was quite straightforward with that one, to be honest. You you definitely get a lot more crowd support when you're wearing something stupid um i generally i quite like if i'm wearing an outfit like that um for an event not on a daily basis it's slightly nicer if it covers your face because you don't have that embarrassment of looking like an idiot whilst you're doing it um but the flip side of that is you get a lot hotter and sweatier and can't breathe or see where you're going so at least i could see what was going on with this one um so yeah the the crowd really kind of get behind you and um Especially, he's got all the Guinness record stuff, like logos on you, where they can see you going for something. Um, you know, and they'll shout out, you know, you're the first fancy dress person or whatever, just to um, keep pushing you along a bit. Um, yeah, I think anything really crazy yelled out. Um, when I've done different outfits before, like when I was dressed as an animal, it was quite interesting what people think different animals look like. Um, I was dressed as a lion, but I got called a kangaroo on several occasions, which was interesting and a teddy bear um but yeah the ribbon was just ribbon man pretty much it was a bit more straightforward um yeah it wasn't too bad i didn't wear it before doing it one you just can't go out running <laughs> It's like it it's just can't quite bring myself to do it and two you don't want to know how uncomfortable or where it's going to rub or which bits are going to be irritating it's best just to turn up and once you've started you've got to do it anyway so um Luckily, I preempted the, the kind of neck chafing with it because it was quite tight around the neck. So I made sure I put um, a little kind of buff scarfy thing around the neck just so it wouldn't rub as much. But once that got wet and slipped down, it, it still did. So it looked a bit dodgy with kind of noose marks around my neck. A bit sore in the shower. It was quite nice to get it off in the end. Um, I can't. What happened to the ribbon? Actually, I think it it's in London somewhere. I think it was so disgusting afterwards. I think it found its way into a skip. Um, didn't didn't quite want to keep it for a memento. No, but it was yeah. It was good. Um, it's definitely a lot more fun when you do it for something like that, um, especially when you're wearing an outfit. So kind of time goes out the window. Um, you know, obviously you've got a time you're trying to beat to get a record. If you're if you're doing that with the Guinness World Records, but generally I find I get a lot more enjoyment from running slower in some kind of stupid costume than when I'm doing a a kind of serious half marathon or something, um, focusing on the time. It's much nicer and you kind of play with the crowd a little bit more, you know, give high fives and, you know, shout backs and stuff. It's, yeah, it's nice.
1: Now, throughout this, Ollie has been pretty casual about his time, hasn't he? Is it about time we found out just how quickly he managed to cover 26.2 and you can't forget that point too. Miles dressed as a charity ribbon running around
2: London. Uh two hours, thirty-six minutes. I can't remember the seconds.
1: It's almost unbelievable, isn't it? I love how casual he is about it. In fairness, that is a PB for Ollie as well. I'm not at all jealous. <laughs> Now, at the end of every interview, I always ask the guests that I've been speaking to if there's anything I've missed, you know, a question I really should have asked them or something really obvious. Normally, I get, no, no, that was fine. Or is it okay to mention my website or I'm doing an event here? Can I talk about that a little bit? Or just some, just a little a sort of a snippet. Ollie, though, had something far, far better to add.
2: I've got a little, a short... Um poem that my auntie wrote so this was actually one that i heard at her funeral that my uncle read out her brother it was something she wrote um i think after it was after a diagnosis um kind of a few months before before the end and um it just kind of summed up her outlook a little bit and it it's quite fitting for i think if you're struggling with with anything or i i kind of used it in my head when i was doing the marathon and that just to give a bit of bit of oomph in there so when down, aim high to beat bad health. Don't be your body, be yourself. Think top draw, not bottom shelf. As mindful ways bring physical wealth. So it's just quite short and sweet, but it's it's that one line of don't be your body, be yourself that, that kind of resonates with me a bit and I think is quite true, that whole thing on your mindset and summed up her quite a lot, really. Her body was kind of failing her, but she was... Still kind of fighting and going on and still trying to be yourself rather than being the disease and the illness. So, um yeah, quite powerful.
1: If you're feeling inspired by Ollie and his story, then before you go grabbing your trainers and putting on that lycra, I know somebody who would love to talk to you. Her name is Hannah Hamilton-Skerritt, and she's part of the events team at Pancreatic Cancer UK. I caught up with her. At what's a very busy time for the team.
3: We've been so fortunate to receive um, over 500 applications for our mere 80-plus places um, for the 2020 event, which is superb. It just shows how many um, people are wanting to support the charity. We have been awarding places out to people over the last month and um, are still receiving applications for our charity places until the end of October. So we're welcoming as many applications to come through and then we'll be awarding our final places throughout October and into November. But a main thing is we're really kind of asking people that were successful through the London Marathon Ballot to join us, join Team Pancreatic Cancer UK, um, wear our amazingly bright tops on event day to raise
1: awareness and also raise funds for the charity. How big an event for you guys? I mean, obviously it's on the telly. It's the marathon, certainly people in the UK talk about the most, but how big for you guys is it in your, in your fundraising calendar? Huge. So
3: um, under the events
1: team, it brings in the highest
3: proportion of our income. So last year it was phenomenal. It raised over half a million near on £600,000 um, for the charity. Put that into perspective as an events team we raise um about 1 million 800 pounds every year well that's what we're predicted to bring in this year and it's not us it's actually everyone that's fundraising um, and doing
1: amazing challenges and crazy challenges as well wow that's a huge amount then so i guess it takes up a lot of your time as, as well trying to sort of rally sort of get people to who have got those ballot places to, to join
3: it does yeah we we take people on a journey to um, join our team so we we receive a list from um, the London Marathon of people that chose us through the public ballot of saying that they might want to support us if they are successful so I believe it's actually one in 24 people that apply for the London Marathon get a ballot place it's super hard to get into um, but we do receive a list of those that are interested we reach out to them and we let them know about what it means to join the team
1: and what benefits they'll get from joining
3: Team Pancreatic Cancer
1: UK. Now, having done sort of runs and stuff myself for charity, I know that if you get a charity place, there's almost like, you know, sort of terms and conditions, you've got to raise a certain amount of money to get those places, don't you? If you're a ballot runner, do you have to still raise lots and lots of money? or Obviously, raise as much money as you can, but is there that target that you've got to reach?
3: No, we don't. We don't have a set target. Um, All we ask is that people set up a fundraising page and try to aim to raise something to support the charity and it's equally as important to raise the awareness of pancreatic cancer so um the more the people the merrier
1: absolutely i was going to say that the visual is just as much as important as the money isn't it if you've got people training in their tops you've got people running in their tops and just talking about because the joke is isn't it you know how do you know if someone's running a marathon don't worry they'll tell you yeah <laughs> so true so true
3: but we find that everybody that does join us as a ballot place runner does raise money um and it's yeah it's considerable amounts and it's so important that um that it is matched with fundraising as as much as raising the awareness
1: and what kind of support you said you take them on a journey, you, you know, you help them along the way. What what if if I was if I was one of those very few people and I'm not and I've never been so far, um, and I said so, oh, far. You know what, so far. Every year I enter, every year I go, maybe this year, and then comes <laughs> that, that week in October, which is usually the week of my birthday as well. Ah uh, well, <laughs> well, well,
3: applications are open, so <laughs> <laughs> apply Charlotte. Um uh, so what support do we give? Um, well, we, um, I think one of the main things is that we have um, a dedicated person at Pancreatic Cancer UK that looks after all of our, and supports I should say, all of our London Marathon runners. So we really get to know our team and we build such a good relationship, I'd like to think, with everybody that's taking part. So that's really fundamental and, and important to us and I hope important to our runners as well. But we also provide um, training days. So we put on a training day in um, November so that's coming up shortly and we'll also be holding one in March uh, we have a training partner on board who will give advice about nutrition about you know there are people that are doing the marathon that are starting from scratch so they're new to running this is a whole new ball going to them um, which is the best thing actually because it makes it that bigger challenge um, so we we support all of our runners by having a training partner on board we give everybody a team top for event day so they can proudly um raise awareness about the charity we have ambassadors who have done the london marathon before um, and one of our amazing runners is called graham and uh he's he's done uh, the world marathon majors and he's done london a couple of times he's incredible and he um, he's a spokesperson to say what it's like for um a runner to take part from the personal view of it, so that's great. We also have um, dedication bibs, so people that might be running in support or in memory of um, a loved one, so that they can put their name and their message, what they want to say on the back of their top, which is really important. And we have a bit of fun. We have a post-event reception, and that uh, last year was held at a um, venue in Leicester Square. So we have a post-event reception. We had, gosh, um, I think over 500 people back, if not more, last year because friends and family come to support their runners. So kind of one person equals another four. Great fun. And we have lots of cheer points en route so people can feel motivated as they're running that 26.2-mile course and need a bit of, bit of motivation as the legs are legs are starting to ache. Uh, and we have also a team Facebook page. and that's. A place again for everyone to speak to each other, just to be sharing their worries, their concerns, their achievements, um, and to come together as a team.
1: So you don't have to be a, a, a record breaker like like Ollie is to to take part. So you don't have to be you know a two and a half hour ish marathon or anything like that. anybody, anybody, and you support everybody the same. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Anybody can do it, and we support everybody the same. Um, and everyone gets a big cheer as they come into the post-event
1: reception, and absolutely. It's very much deserved as well, very much deserved. Oh my
3: goodness, hands down to everyone that takes on any run
1: at all. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Those that didn't get into the London Marathon, that really want to, to run a marathon next year, there are some amazing other marathons out there. So there's Brighton Marathon, there's the Manchester Marathon, there's the Edinburgh Marathon, even Berlin for those that want to travel abor- abroad. So um, we've got places at all of those events for 2020. Best thing to do is to go on the website, um, pancreaticcancer.org.uk forward slash running and um, check it out. If there's anything on there that's of interest, just give us a call, pop us an email and we'll we'll have a chat to whoever's interested about those
1: events. And if people thinking... I'd love to raise money, but the thought, like we've just said, the thought of running is far too much. How else can people get involved? Because I'm sure that you don't, you're not going to turn anyone away who's got an idea for fundraising. No, and we,
3: gosh, we get lots of ideas through. Um, so if I'm thinking about the challenge events, we've got uh, Prudential Ride London, sorry, 100. Um, we're charity of the year partner for next year, actually. So it's really huge for us. We already have a team of near on 200 people so, anyone that's into cycling, we've got places at the 100 mile event and 46 events. Then next year, we're also um, going to be climbing up uh, the Great Wall of China. Blimey! So that's coming up. So for other challenges out there, we've got we've got a team that can be taking part in that, and still got a few places available. And then looking to kind of our community side, um, lots of different opportunities there cams coming up, pancreatic cancer awareness month in November, which I'm sure everyone hopefully is aware of. Um really big for the charity and um people will be baking, baking it purple, wearing it purple, taking on challenges within 24 hours. There's lots of um, community fundraising activities that they can get part,
1: they can take part in. And do they just need to get in touch with you to sort of figure out you know what support you guys can give? I'm guessing is you know, um maybe sort of official letters to say yes you know this is happening and such like that
3: yeah just just get in touch we've got an email and um, supportercare at pancreaticcancer.org.uk that people can email into and then we can talk through ideas and give suggestions
1: it sounds like you know you guys really put help and get on board with people that want to fundraise it's not just there you go thank you very much we'll have your money no uh, absolutely yeah.
3: not no do you know what the supporters here are Everything they make pancreatic cancer UK what it is, and actually make our jobs enjoyable. The team here um, are really passionate. We love our jobs. I'd say. Um, I think I can speak certainly for all of us Um, that it's it's a great place to work, and it's really passionate, and everyone's really dedicated to the cause and making a difference. And we all want to see a change in survival rates and earlier diagnosis and being able to grow and expand our nursing services as well for people that need the support right now.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Links to the fundraising team for Pancreatic Cancer UK, if you want to get in touch with them, will be in the episode notes. And of course, if you want to find out more about Seth's legacy, then head over to purplerainbow.co.uk. We'll be back in November, which of course is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. So do expect lots from the team.